In our scripture reading from Isaiah today, Isaiah compares Israel to the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, often today when we hear about the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, we often think this is referring to sexual sins. However, the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah were something different entirely. And so in order to understand why Isaiah compares Israel to these towns, we need to recall the verse from Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, where we hear, This was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her, her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. This was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, that they had plenty, but did not share with the poor. Hear now these words from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 and verses 10 through 17. The vision about Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, Amaz's son, saw in the days of Judah's kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Hear the Lord's word, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to our God's teaching, people of Gomorrah. What should I think about all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am fed up with entirely burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I don't want the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from you? This trampling of my temple's courts. Stop bringing worthless offerings. Your incense repulses me. New moon, Sabbath, and the calling of an assembly. I can't stand wickedness with celebration. I hate your new moons and your festivals. They've become a burden that I'm tired of bearing. When you extend your hands, I'll hide my eyes from you. Even when you pray for a long time, I won't listen. Your hands are stained with blood. Wash. Be clean. Remove your ugly deeds from my sight. Put an end to such evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. As I read the end of verse 16 and, and verse 17, I immediately thought of John Wesley's general rules that he gave to the early Methodist societies. And I'll, I'll reread that for you. It says, Put an end to such evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. There are three general rules that, that Wesley had that he offered to these, these early Methodists. And they are still in our United Methodist Book of Discipline today, and they are, they are three simple rules. The first rule is to do no harm by avoiding evil of every kind. And that's what I saw there in the end of verse 16, put an end to such evil. Now, we can do harm through our actions, and we can do harm through our words as well. And in our world where there is so much conflict, I, I wonder what would happen if we would use this rule to stop and think about what we are to say before we say anything when we are with another person, especially one we are in conflict with. Stop for the moment and think about, will my words do harm 
And if so, can I stop? Can I avoid saying those, avoid doing harm, and, and then make room to listen to the other person, even though I don't agree with them? Listen to what they have to say. Not saying Harmful words gives us room to listen to one another, to learn from one another. Now, this rule is helpful, I think, in a couple of ways. I think it can help us to both avoid saying something that would do harm, but also this rule, I think, can help us say something in order to avoid harm. And what I mean by that is that Sometimes by not saying something, by not standing up for someone who is hurt or oppressed, we do further harm. And so as we seek to do no harm, I invite us to think about what are those actions we are about to do, what are those words we are about to say, and to think about when can we stop and not say something that would provoke harm to someone, but also when can we learn to stand up and say something in order to avoid harm. So the first rule is to do no harm. And the second rule goes very closely with that, and the second rule is to do good. The very first line of verse 17 says, learn to do good. John Wesley said he called the people called Methodists to do good, being merciful as we have opportunity, to do good of every possible sort as far as possible to everyone. Now, there's a, there is a popular saying that is attributed to John Wesley. You may have seen at different places quoted and put on plaques or floating around on, on the Internet. And this quote that has been popularized says, Do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Now this has been attributed to Wesley over the years, but people have searched and searched and have not found this exact quote in all of John Wesley's writings. But it does, it does accurately summarize what he is talking about in this second general rule to do good. Because the point is that we are to do good always and everywhere to everyone as long as we possibly can, just to do good. Before we do something or say something, we are called to not only ask ourselves, will this do harm, and to avoid those things, but also to do good. Am I about to do good in this word or action? So our first two rules, do no harm, the second is to do good, and the third is what Wesley, called, what Wesley said, to attend upon all the ordinances of God. Now that's a phrase that we wouldn't necessarily use today, and we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about what he meant in, in just a moment. Now one recent interpreter has renamed this rule by the intention behind it, which is that Reuben Job said in his th book about the three simple rules, he said for this one, he says is, to stay in love with God, to stay in love with God. Now, what Wesley meant by attend upon all the ordinances of God or stay in love with God was to, to engage in certain acts, and that is the public worship of God, and the ministry of the Word, whether read or, or preached, the Lord's Supper, family and private prayer, searching the Scriptures, fasting or abstinence. 
Those are the things he was talking about when he said this. And one of the things that incorporates many of those is, is worship. And, and worship was what was Isaiah was railing against in this passage. And so I want to focus on that for a moment. Worship is, is important. It, it shapes us. It nurtures our relationship with God and one another. But our worship must line up with, with our rest of our lives. And this is, this is what Isaiah was railing against, right? These people were not doing justice. They were not showing mercy. They were not caring for the people they were supposed to care for. And so when they came to worship and they offered up these wonderful offerings and prayers, God was not pleased because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do the rest of the week. It wasn't that worship wasn't important. It was that it wasn't tied in to the rest of their lives. As we come to worship, we must come as our authentic selves. Our worship must line up with the rest of our lives. As we come to worship, we are called to offer who we are and what we have to God. The message Isaiah brought to the people was that they were not being authentic in worship. They were saying one thing in worship and they were doing something else the rest of the week. And we must be the same people throughout the week that we are on Sunday morning as well. As we come together here in worship, we all come with our own stuff. We come to worship as we are, with all of our doubts, fears, joys, sorrows, regrets, hopes, and dreams. All that comes with us when we come to worship. And, and as we meet God in worship, the, the hope is, and the point is, that as we meet God in worship, then, then God is with us and that we might walk with God throughout all those ups and downs in life. Whatever we face, God is with us, and we are strengthened through that worship to face whatever it is that comes our way. As we grow closer to God, we grow more able to do no harm, and to do good. These three general rules are, are simple to understand, but they're often difficult to live out. How many of us would say, hey, yeah, that sounds great, to do no harm and to do good, to do all these things, these ordinances of God, to go to worship, to pray, to search the Scriptures, those all sound great, but when it comes down to it, it's, it becomes difficult day in and day out. Even the most conscientious of us all, of us all will, will fail from time to time, and, and most of us will fail often. But when we fail, when we do harm, or when we don't do good, or when we become lax in attending to those ordinances of God, we are called to simply try again. Each moment is new. Each moment we can choose once again to follow these, these three simple rules. And each moment when we do, we grow closer to God and grow closer to one another. The, the three general rules are a way of, of putting a few specifics to the greatest commandments, to love God and love our neighbor. John Wesley was not so much coming up with something new as he was giving the people called Methodists some simple rules they could follow as they sought to grow deeper in their faith. How do we do that? 
do it in, by the following these simple rules. To love God and to love neighbor, we need both to do no harm and to do good. And, and by, by staying in love with God, by attending to the ordinances of God, by going to worship and, and, and searching the scriptures, by engaging in prayer, by doing these things, we learn how to love God and love one another. And as we seek to grow closer to God and grow closer to one another, these three general rules, echoing the ancient prophet, can help us. Do no harm. Do good. Worship. Pray. Search the scriptures. Isaiah told the people, put an end to such evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Now as we follow this, our worship will be authentic, and, and thus we can attend to the ordinances of God and avoid those pitfalls for which Isaiah criticized the Israelites. So let us follow these three general rules. To do no harm, to do good, and to stay in love with God. And as we do, may we grow in our love of God and love of neighbor in all we do and in all we say each and every day. Amen.